Welcome back, everybody, to probably our biggest episode uh, since we started this back at the uh, Elimination Chamber. Uh, in this episode, we are going to be making a main focus on WrestleMania's night one and night two. Uh, and then we will talk about Raw from April 3rd, as well as SmackDown from April 7th. Uh, kind of just uh, indulging on what happened. But the majority of this episode will be to focus on WrestleMania nights one and night two. Uh, we will probably have to split this up into two parts. So be on the lookout for part two of this episode. Um, but let's hop right into it because we do have a lot to talk about. Uh, to start off WrestleMania night one, we had the return of John Cena, who if you've been listening to the podcast, we kind of had this talk about if John Cena could win um, a United States championship match against Austin Theory. Uh, in this match, Theory actually did pull out a victory. John Cena, not much offense we saw from him. You know, he, he had his little moment where he did the shoulder tackles and we had a five knuckle shuffle. Um, but ultimately, he, uh, he did come up a little short. Maybe, you know, he is a part timer, so he did look just a little bit rusty. Uh, so, Alec, I'd like to get your thoughts on kind of how you thought John Cena looked to, uh, in that matchup and what is next for the United States Championship. Yeah, um, when, when we first heard that this match was going to open up night one, I was like, oh, this is going to be a banger of a match. It's going to be, you know, a good 20-minute feud. And then after the match, I kind of came to reality and I figured, oh, this is why they made it the first match because, A, John Cena's – He's a little older, he's a part-timer, and he has other commitments where, you know, he can't really risk wrestling a 20-minute pure wrestling match where he, he uh, risks getting hurt, and then he can't do his other projects. So it kind of makes sense why they started this match off. For what it was, I thought it was fine. I thought it was a, a, a pretty cool opener to watch. It's, it's always good to see John Cena, so I'm not really going to be too critical. But um, it was it was a little a little underwhelming. But at the same time, you can't really be mad at that because we, we got to see John Cena at WrestleMania, and I feel like we should be happy with that alone. But the match itself was fine for, for what it was and considering the circumstances. Uh, right decision to give Theory the win. And for the United States Championship, I believe that Theory has maybe one or two more defenses in him before he gives it up to another talent, such as Montez Ford, Johnny Gargano, something like that. Yeah, I think, you know, we talked about John Cena, and I think you're right. The biggest thing was we got to see him at WrestleMania. Um, again, he did his moment where he kind of saluted to the crowd. We don't really think we'll see John Cena again. Like, I think he's going to be done. He might have one more pop-up match just to kind of have a proper send-off with a win. Um, but he's not doing what, like, Edge is doing or something like that. So it's unfortunate to see John Cena kind of at the end of his career again for me and you. he's He's been there since we've started watching. So now to see him out is just kind of crazy to think about. Um, but then... Yeah, United States Championship, I think Theory holds on to it. At, I don't know if he'll fight at Backlash, but I think he'll hold on to it for a little bit while longer. And then again, like you said, Montez Ford again with the draft coming up. Um, we could see uh, Montez Ford and Angel Dawkins get split up. Johnny Gargano could be very possible. Braun Breaker and a call-up or an NXT call-up like that could definitely be possible. But a lot to look forward to for the United States Championship. Uh, heading into our next match was the tag team showcase match. Uh, so there was two of these uh, on night one. We had the men, uh, which was the right decision, having the men as the night one one. So that was Braun Strowman and Ricochet uh, against the Viking Raiders, against Alpha Academy, against the winners, which were the Street Profits. So again, I believe the right decision was made here uh, in night one, having the Street Profits win. Again, we are maybe looking towards that split, but 
they do deserve a title shot at some point, a real genuine title shot. Um, and we'll see if they come through. But a lot of awesome things happened in this match. Uh, personally, my favorite part was when they had five guys and then Ricochet kind of jumped on everybody. It was a big six-person takedown. So that was super cool to watch. All eight of those guys were super talented. They could all wrestle for 20 minutes. They could put on fantastic shows. So I was fairly impressed with what I saw. Very, very much so. I 100% agree. This match was thought to be the bathroom break of WrestleMania Night 1. It was arguably the best match of the night. Every single person got exactly what they deserved, which was a showcase. That was the purpose of the match, but this match elevated it from a showcase to a, a four- to five-star wrestling match that, that will be down as a classic in WrestleMania history. I believe everyone got to showcase their moves. You said your favorite spot was when everyone was stacked upon each other. My personal favorite spot was when Ricochet did a shooting star press, like a springboard into a shooting star press to the outside area. I just feel like that that gave off NXT Ricochet vibes. And I, honestly, you know me, I love any, anything that's NXT black and gold. So I thought it was such a good match. Very, very, very unique. And uh, it definitely did not disappoint. And if you missed this match to go to the bathroom, shame on you. You should rewatch it again. Yeah, absolutely. Again, it, it was a good idea, I thought, when we initially heard about this, to have those tag team matches. Again, to fill the card, have more talent, uh, to see what you got. And this match absolutely over-delivered, which was super awesome to have. Again, on a card, like you said, maybe it was looked at the bathroom break because of everything that we had planned out. But this match was definitely no slouch. So, yeah, if you did not watch this match, hop onto Peacock or wherever you watch it and just watch this match and just appreciate the eight talents that we saw um next we had um a match that's been boiling over since about the royal rumble when uh logan paul uh eliminated seth rollins out of the royal rumble and then i guess maybe costed him his chance at the united states championship at elimination chamber so this was seth freaking rollins against logan paul we did have a we did have logan paul come in with a good entrance uh the zip line was super cool um but then we had him also walk out with a prime bottle who as the night went on we found now KSI was in the prime bottle. Uh, KSI didn't do much. He pulled Logan out of the way of something, and then he ended up taking a frog splash from Logan through a table. So for KSI to do that, super, super awesome. Uh, Seth Rollins did pick up a much-needed WrestleMania victory. I think this is, I think coming into this, he's lost four straight times at WrestleMania. So I think this was a much-needed WrestleMania victory for Seth Rollins. Again, he's probably about at the top of his game right now. Um, but I want to talk about Logan Paul. Logan Paul has completely outshined what everybody thought he'd be. And again, we're filming this episode Monday. So we have learned that he now renewed his contract with the WWE, which is stellar for the WWE. Again, maybe we'll start seeing Logan Paul in some more like every month feuds instead of that one big one at the big main events. Not really sure, but he's been good enough to deliver in the spotlight. 100%. I am so happy that Logan Paul has become what he has become in this business. He's performed so many good matches, you know, Roman Reigns at Crown Jewel, which is essentially WrestleMania in itself in Saudi Arabia, which is arguably a four to five star match there. Another four to five star match here with Seth Rollins on the biggest stage of them all. He's just fantastic. Um, him and, and we all knew him working with someone like Seth Rollins was going to be magical, and it was. And I thought the prime bottle being KSI, I mean, I, I called it from the beginning. I thought that was so, so, so funny. It, not only was the wrestling, you know, superb as usual, but it was also entertaining. You got a couple laughs out of this match, especially when Logan jumped onto the table that case I was on. So I thought it was such a good match. 
it was just another this was a, another very serviceable serviceable match on night one, and uh, I can't wait to see Logan Paul. And I hope that you know one day down the line when he when he figures out what he wants to do, that he he becomes a every weaker in this business. Yeah, absolutely. And again, him renewing the contract is so big because again, hopefully he does turn into that every weaker, kind of building his views to those premium events. Again, I'm not saying I need to see him on Raw and fight like. Chad Gable, like that. There's no need for Logan Paul to do that. Um, but I'm saying that if he can start building feuds uh, week after week, and then having Stetler five out of five matches every single month, um, it's something that the WWE is going to fall in love with when they really need a guy like that who's really not going to be a threat to win a title anytime soon, but a guy who's just going to put out and show out against whoever they put him up against. Uh, so a lot of good stuff we've talked about so far through three matches. Um, and then we kind of hit a little a little roadblock um, with this one. So I guess we're calling this one the bathroom break of the episode here. Uh, it was Becky, Trish, and Lita against Damage Control. Uh, Becky, Trish, and Lita did pick up the victory, um, which was fine. Uh, again, Damage Control losing is kind of what we're used to. Like Damage Control always is picking up losses at this point. Um, I don't really have much to say on this match. Again, Lita still doesn't really look very good to be holding tag team gold. Um, and then Trish Stratus, she looked fine. I was expecting a heel turn. I was expecting her to turn on Becky and them fight. I think Trish Stratus is better suited to stay around in the WWE than Lita is. But again, I, I don't know. So what were your thoughts on what we saw here? I thought this match was, was definitely, I thought it was fine. You know, I, I didn't think it was five stars, but I thought it was a very serviceable women's match. Um, you know, besides the, the Lita parts, because obviously Lita's extremely rusty. So I, I thought I thought the other five women performed very good. I thought Trish talk about night and day between her and Lita. Trish looks like she hasn't she hasn't stopped wrestling. She looks very she looked, I thought she looked very, very good in the ring. And um I just think the problem with this match is not that the wrestling was bad. I just think that that damage control did not need to eat another loss. Like they've been losing Forever now, like Triple H did a good job in bringing these three back. But if you're gonna bring these three back, you can't have them lose, and then keep losing. You know what I mean? Like they they took a very big loss at at Survivor Series, and now they take another huge loss at WrestleMania. And I just I don't know where they go from there. Like how could you pretend like they're contenders when they keep losing? And the, the heel turn, I feel like it was something we were all expecting. I feel like we'll get it. I I feel like considering. If damage control were to win, that would have been the time to do it. Even if they, even considering they lost, I feel like he still could have done a heel turn. But that was just all speculation. But I just think this is a case of which we'll talk about in night two, a case of picking the wrong winner here. Yeah, it does feel just like the wrong winner. And again, on a card that night one, like we talked about, had pretty much all of the right winners. This one just felt like the wrong one again. I don't really expect Becky Lynch and Lita to hold on to these tag team titles much longer. Um, but again, there's no real serviceable tag team that is a real threat to them right now. So I don't really know. But if you're not going to put it on damage control, then I don't really know who you're putting it on. And again, it's just going to lose value in tag team titles. Uh, so, yeah, I feel like the wrong decision was made here. But again, a serviceable, ma serviceable match nonetheless. Um, and we move on. Uh, we finally got the conclusion. Well, maybe not really the conclusion, but a step towards the conclusion of the father versus son, Rey Mysterio versus Dominic Mysterio. For the first time, these two were in the ring together, one-on-one, uh, -on -one, um, in a match that was super exciting to watch. Actually, Dom looked really good. Again, that was something that we've always kind of been worried about. 
um, if Ray, I mean, if Dom was going to be able to keep up with Ray again, Ray's a hall of famer and Dom is like really new to this. So it's going to be interesting to see if he was able to keep up with his dad. And he was, he did an absolutely stellar job. Uh, again, there was a part where Dom had a brass or chain, a steel chain, I guess, wrapped around his hand. Um, but then bad bunny who was on commentary at the Spanish announce table, uh, he pulled the chain out from, uh, from Dom again, that, set up a feud that we'll talk about when we get into the raw and smackdown portions of this episode um but a very serviceable match with ray mysterio picking up the victory again we kind of both thought dom would win um but it doesn't feel like the wrong decision was made here yeah i feel like either way i wouldn't be mad who won you could you could make an argument for both but this match was very good i mean i, I told you a couple weeks ago like dom's skills have increased tremendously and I feel like it was with the flip of a switch. He's now very, very good in the ring. He's been a great heel as long as he's turned a heel. And he is, his whole character is great now. And, and honestly, I could see him in the future as a world champion of this business when he gets older and gets more experience. But both, I love both entrances. They were great. You know, the Eddie Eddie Guerrero homage in the beginning. Um, I, I I believe, if I'm not mistaken, the uh, Legado del Fantasma made an appearance to uh, be the equalizers of this match. Against Judgment Day, I, I like that whole you know Latino World Order thing going on there, and um, I like that Bad Bunny got involved because now you have like which we'll talk about. You have a match for Backlash, which Bad Bunny we know is going to host. So I'm really looking forward to the future, and I think uh, giving Ray a win after he was inducted to the Hall of Fame is a very very big, very very big um, confidence boost for his character. Yeah, again, and I'm not really sure how long Ray Mysterio still has left, but a big win at WrestleMania there against his son. Um, well, if it wasn't for Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens and the Usos, this would be in the main event. Um, and this honestly could really go down as the match of the night. Um, Rhea Ripley defeated Charlotte Flair for our first title change of WrestleMania, um, as she became the new SmackDown Women's Champion. Um, a, I mean, a real five out of five star match, however way you want to put it, whatever you want to talk about, whatever you want to critique is wrong. Um, there was nothing wrong with this match. It was personal. It was hard hitting. Um, it was just a really, really solid match. And again, another example of the right decision here to take the title off of Charlotte Flair. Again, I know Charlotte Flair is now going to take some time off from the WWE. You can kind of see her on the ground there. She was kind of like clapping for Rhea and like putting her hand on her heart. So she knows like that this was a good thing for Rhea. Um, but yeah, really, really good decision here, putting the title on Rhea Ripley. For sure. This was a very, very, very good match. Five stars for sure. One of the best women's matches I've ever seen. That that They managed to do better than their first WrestleMania match, which I, I didn't think was possible considering that was also a four, four and a half, five star match. Um, Very entertaining match. I, I think it could have, considering how good it was, it could have main evented a WrestleMania, I, but I still agree that this should not have main evented this WrestleMania. And only because the story with Sammy and um Sammy KO and the Usos but but yeah you have to be fair this was a very very good match and it could have been invented but the story build up to Charlotte versus Rhea it wasn't it wasn't bad but it also wasn't tremendous you, you know what I mean like it, it wasn't it, it was a little forgettable but because this match was so good it kind of just negates and and clears all of the other talk about a build up this was such a good match 
They picked the right winner. You know, why have Rhea win from the number one position if she's not going to win it? And I'm glad that SmackDown now has a rightful leader that actually cares about this business. Not that Charlotte did, and I'm talking more towards Ronda. But I'm very glad that SmackDown now has a workhorse on their brand. And um, do you think that it was still the right decision for this to be a co-main, considering how good this match was? Again, I know the kind of the reward of winning the Royal Rumble is a main event match. And I feel like when Rhea won the Royal Rumble, um, she also did know what was going on with the Usos and Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn. So I almost wonder if Triple H, who loves Rhea Ripley, I mean, really loves Rhea Ripley, um, told her like, hey, you're going to have a 30-minute slot here with Charlotte, and you're going to put on an absolute insane match, but unfortunately, we're not going to make you the main event. And I don't want to say that upset Rhea, like she still won, but I'm saying they probably gave her a time slot and was like, here's 30 to 45 minutes, make an entrance, like make this the main event in your mind, but just not on the action. And that was perfect. And so, no, I don't think that it was a bad thing that this wasn't the main event because I think they gave them the right amount of time they needed. If it was a 10 minute match, and then we went right into our next thing, then I'd have a problem with it because that's not what either of these women deserved. But because they were able to kind of give them that longer slot, it's like they put on a show. Like, they really stole the show. Well said, 100%. Uh, heading into our next, uh, this was not on the card. This was a little segment. Again, we had The Miz, who was the host of WrestleMania, and Snoop Dogg, who I guess was the celebrity host of WrestleMania, I guess you'll call him. Um, he went by the dog father of WrestleMania, whatever. He's got the WWE golden belt. Um, so an improvised segment, again, WrestleMania, we expected so many people. So I guess really quickly, before I get into who returned, again, I know you know, but who were you thinking was going to show up? Not the names that I, I'm about to say here. Well, in the back of my mind, it was always, you know, Randy, um, Riddle, because Riddle's been out which we'll talk about, you know, I would say bigger names, not that I'm upset with who appeared because it, it is night one and I, and I expected more surprises on night two, but you know, I expected, I think I expected a little bit of a bigger name. However, I'm not really disappointed with who they chose. You know, what about you? Yeah, I definitely, I wasn't expecting who they chose uh, by no means. Again, I was definitely looking at the Randy Orton level, uh, Riddle, uh, Jay White, uh, even an NXT guy, uh, you know, Braun Breaker makes a quick turnaround. Again, probably not Grace Waller, but something like that. Um, but I was definitely thinking kind of that way. Again, uh, Snoop uh, was in the ring. He said, I have a surprise match for you. Brought him out. And it was Pat McAfee. Uh, Pat McAfee's awesome. Uh, he, he, he's got a great podcast. Uh, he's got a great Pat McAfee show. And he's done great alongside Michael Cole uh, before college football started. So it was awesome to see him get back involved. Um, they had a little match. Um, George Kittle, the tight end for the San Francisco 49ers, who I hate. Um, that's just because of a Seahawks fan. I have to hate George Kittle. Um, he got involved with a clothesline in the Miz, and we saw a pretty impressive, was that Swanton, I guess, from Pat McAfee onto the floor. Yeah. Really impressive. Uh, Pat McAfee did pick up a win, so the Miz is a loser on night one of WrestleMania. Um, Pat McAfee can do almost the same thing Logan Paul can, I feel like. Yeah, for sure. Pat McAfee is definitely a close second, if not tie, you know, 1A, 1B with Logan Paul. He's very athletic. 
And I, I was very, very impressed with, even though the match was a little short, I was very, very impressed with what I saw in the match itself. And and I, I just, I pray that he comes back to a full-time skid, but you know, who, who knows what his, what his other priorities and schedules. Yeah. You know, we could see him come back uh, because I, you know, football is pretty much done um, up until college football comes back into play in September, but it almost feels like he hasn't come back yet because he's trying to be an actual superstar, which would be awesome. He could totally do it. Um, oh, so I think that's super exciting. Uh, again, this segment was super funny. Uh, Snoop did a great job on the mic. Um, and, you know, the Miz picks up a loss, but he's all right. And Pat McAfee gets a win, and we see George Kittle, and we move on to our main event. So in the main event, Jimmy and Jay Uso, the undisputed WWE Tag Team Champions. Uh, again, I believe they're at about 500 days at uh, this rate, almost 600 probably. They faced Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn. So again, if you've been following the podcast, we've gone completely over this. Ever since we started to where we are now, we've completely followed this storyline. The Bloodline storyline has been the main story that we've always kind of talked about here. Um if you haven't, if you don't really know much about the Bloodline, I suggest hopping on WWE's YouTube and watching the entire Bloodline story. It's about two hours long. I watched it. It was phenomenal. I'm not sure if you did, but I would just sit down. It's about two hours long. Just watch it. It's so, so good to understand where we started and where we are now. Um, and in the right decision to the pleas of 80,000 in SoFi Stadium, Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn, for the first time in their career, are holding tag team gold. Yeah, this was the rightful main event, and I was on the edge of my seat the entire time, and I just felt like I was on cloud nine during this match. Um, one thing to note is I feel like, and this is just my speculation, I told you this after the match, people were complaining online that Sami didn't get enough offense, but I think the story of this match was not for Sami Zayn to have, because he had offensive moments for sure. Like he had a couple of them and he had good, good offense. But I think the story of this match was not Sami has a ton of offense. I think, I think the story is how he defends. You know what I mean? He kicked out of the 1D, which has never been done before. He kicked out of five super kicks in a row. That was the story of this match. That Sami Zayn will persevere and defeat the bloodline by not falling. He did not, he, he, he got beaten up, got back up, beaten up, got back up. That's the story. He got back up and did not give up. And with the help of KO, he was able to seal the deal at the end. And a perfect ending. It started with Jay, and it ended with Jay. He kicked him three times for the win. One, two, three. And I and I was literally on cloud nine, and I, my mouth was was in – my jaw dropped, and I couldn't even believe it. So, yeah. I mean, definitely agree with the feeling of being on cloud nine. Um, this was just so spectacular to watch. Again – to think like they've been doing this for together since they were kids, like real young. And they've never kind of won tag team gold. They fought against each other. They've never really fought with each other. Um, and now they, they're the tag team champions and it's much deserved. And again, um, just, but a really, really stellar match and a good end to this part of the story. Yes. A hundred percent. I think, I think it was, Possibly, I know Dave Meltzer gave it a five-star match, but definitely four to four point five five-star match itself. There was a story. It wasn't just wrestling. It was a story, just like it's been for the past year or so with the Bloodline. And I just a, a question I have for you: 
or, or a couple questions rather. First answer this one. Do you think you see a Kevin Owens heel turn down the line within this title reign? I mean, you definitely could. Um, like, definitely, definitely could. But I just don't see it. No, I don't. Uh, I think they've done too good of a job building this story up to have it end like that. Yeah, I 100% I agree. And, and plus, it's not an original. Like, he already did it in NXT. So at that point, it's like, all right, it's just, well, what, what's the saying? I don't know the saying. But um, it's it's already happened before, so it wouldn't be uh, original. But I feel like you could do a lot with this Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn tag team. You could definitely make multiple five-star wrestling matches with other tag teams and definitely, you know, create some good stories with them because obviously they are the masters of storytelling. And then my final question for you before we – sorry, what were you saying? No, I'm just saying, like, that's why I think they keep them together because they're such good storytellers that yeah. you can create turmoil within them, but they'll still go out and they'll still go fight. And it would just it would just be dumb, in my opinion, to have Kevin Owens turn on Sammy. Agreed, agreed. And before we move on to WrestleMania Night 2, how would you rate WrestleMania Night 1 out of five stars? Uh, I'm going to go with a four and a half. Only The only reason I'm taking the half away is because of John Cena and the six-woman tag match. Yeah, I 100% agree. I definitely have it at a four or five as well. But that being said, it was such a good night, and I think it was a great night of wrestling. And it was just half of what we got this weekend. So let's uh, move into our WrestleMania night two. So, yeah, to kick off WrestleMania Night 2, again, a lot of anticipation tonight. We have the humongous main event, Tribal Chief, Roman Reigns, American Nightmare, Koi Rose. We will get into that, I promise. But first, we had, what do you want to call this? Just a singles match? I don't really know what you call this. Uh, um, yeah, it was, <laughs> it was you know, what everybody expected it to be. Uh, Brock Lesnar versus Omos. Uh, Omos uh, started out pretty dominant kind of throwing Lesnar around and then it took about one F five. And that was the end of that. Um, so I think the match went about five ish minutes, maybe five minutes um, in a Brock Lesnar victory. Um, so again, just a lot of question marks on this. Um, I understand you want Brock Lesnar to win, but why, why build up Omos all the way up to fight at WrestleMania and then have him lose? Cause now you, I feel like we've talked about this. You've talked about kind of the what Omos does. He gets really built up, he loses, and now he's just gonna beat a bunch of goobers mm -hmm. until he gets built up again, he's gonna lose. And I'm just I'm just confused on the path that Omos is on. Again, we will talk about Brock Lesnar later, but for Omos, I'm just confused on what path he's really on. Yeah, honestly, you, you can't say this match was a uh five-star wrestling classic, you know, that went 20 minutes, because it just wasn't. But considering for what it was, I, I thought it was a fine opener to the show. I thought it was entertaining, you know, in that five minutes. Obviously, we all saw a five-minute match. I was hoping it'd be a more wrestling-styled match, you know, to, to kind of deviate from that big man smash match that we always get. But in, for what it was, it was very entertaining. It's good to see Brock Lesnar, good to see Omos. But, uh, you know, like you were saying, Omos is yet buried again with another loss. 
my theory around that is that this may be Brock Lesnar's last WrestleMania, and obviously he wouldn't want to end WrestleMania on a loss. So that honestly, that's all I got in terms of a theory of why they booked it that way. If not, then it's just really bad booking. But I feel like this was the time to have Brock do the job for once. This was the time to put over Omas because many people don't really like him. I personally like him. But, you know, if you were to book this match in such a way where you have a 10-plus minute wrestling match, I feel like that would have – and have Omas win, that would have been a great service to him. But instead, we got five minutes of just meat slapping and, you know, big man, big man smashing. But I thought it was fine. I just think this may have been a case – obviously, I'm not upset to see Brock Lesnar lose or Brock Lesnar win. I'm not upset. But you could argue that this is just a case of picking the wrong winner, which we'll see another two to three times on this show. Yeah, so I think that – I was going to say that. I think after a great night one, we're starting off night two picking the wrong winner. Um, but again, not really much to talk about again. We will talk about Brock Lesnar more as this episode goes on. Uh, he does play a big role in Raw. Um, <laughs> heading into our second match. So again, we talked about the men's showcase match night one. This was the women's showcase match night two. Uh, this was ooh, the teams of Ronda Rousey and Shayna Baszler. Uh, they won. So they defeated Natalia and Shotzi, Liv and Raquel Rodriguez, and Chelsea Green and Sonya Deville. I'm really impressed. I remember all eight of those names. <laughs> um, Ronda and Shayna won, but it feels like they did the least in the entire match. They essentially did nothing. It, this was not a showcase for all eight women as it was for the men. This was a showcase for six women, and then Ronda and Shayna did nothing. And I feel like if you were gonna, if you want to build up this tag team and have them win, you, you know, I'm not upset that they won. I'm upset that they won and did nothing. You know, have them wrestle, have them put in the work in this match. Um, if you really want to have a deserving winner, you'd have Liv Morgan and Raquel because they really deserved it. They were the highlight of this match, in my opinion. They they did great. Their wrestling was great, and and, and the other women were fine as well. But those two were the highlight of this match, and they ate a loss, unfortunately, to Ronda and Shayna. But you know, another theory I told my friend is I think they made them win. They booked it this way on purpose to make us angry and to, to further to further continue their heel work as as a heel tag team. So I feel like it did it did a job in a in the sense that we now hate them and we don't like them. But at the same time, I just don't think on the grand stage of them all you you can really get away with such a lousy win like that, even though they are heels, and that was a very, very heel win. I do it on another pay per view, or do it on a, a Raw or a SmackDown. Don't do it on the Granite Stage of the Mall, especially in a match where you, where you're supposed to showcase all the talents. Yeah, I definitely agree with you. Again, I don't really have much more to say on this. So again, I guess the WrestleMania Showcase match it means that Ronda Rousey and Shayna Baszler get uh, the a tag team chance at some point again. Honestly, if they won, that would make the most sense. Um, again, we're going to talk about why maybe this doesn't make sense anymore when we talk about Raw. Um, but yeah, not really much. And again, to have Ronda kind of sitting there by herself like, and put shots in an arm bar when it looks like she did everything. Like, she didn't do anything. And it's just, it was weird, um, but it was whatever. Like, that's going to be our bathroom break of night two. Heading into not a bathroom break, an absolute five out of five star match. Um, just a real, I mean, a war. Like, that was a war. Uh, it was a triple threat match for the Intercontinental Championship. Gunther defeated and retained his Intercontinental Championship against Sheamus and Drew McIntyre. 
Yeah, this was certainly a five-star match. Shades of Clash at the Castle. Um, it was just big, meaty men slapping meat the whole entire match. And obviously, people love to see that nowadays. And I love to see it. I'm one of them. I think it was a brutal match. I, I feel like everyone in that match deserves the week or off the week or two. Um, and I, I and I think it was just another way to elevate that Intercontinental Championship. You could argue the U.S. title didn't get too much justice at uh, on night one, but you can't argue that the Intercontinental Championship didn't because this now, as it did before, it feels like that world premiere title on SmackDown. And I feel like it is such, such a good way to build that up. And it's good to have, you know, these mid-card titles be not mid-card titles, you, you know, just elevate them even more. And uh, in terms of the result, you, I know you had Sheamus, I believe, and I had Drew, but obviously um, Gunther won. And I think it was very, very good storytelling because essentially what happened is, you know, they all fought, they all had a great offense. But towards the end, Gunther let those two, you know, friends slash foes duke it out, and he took advantage of that and got the win. So I feel like that was a good way to book it and uh, just shows how smart Gunther is as a wrestler. And I think, you know, despite us thinking the Intercontinental Championship was going to switch hands, it was not a wrong decision at all. And I'm excited to see what Gunther has in store for him for the next couple months. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. It, again, we both didn't pick Gunther. We both picked different members of the Triple Threat match, but it, it feels like not a bad decision by any means to have him win. Um, he obviously, from what he was, again, Walter, whatever he was, he was big. He was, like, really, like, big. And now he's really slimmed down. He looked like he's a, he's a real, real talent for the WWE. So hopefully, again, he holds on to that title for just a little bit longer. But again, I have no problem with him holding on to the title because he puts in a five-star match every single time he defends it. Um, even when he's not defending it, he's he's just committed to it. Um, so I think it's really good. And again, having unified t- championships, there's no real premier title on SmackDown. Um, so now you all want to fight for the Intercontinental Championship, even though I have no idea why you'd actually want to fight Gunther. Uh, heading into our next matchup, we had our Raw Women's Champion, Bianca Belair, uh, face off against Asuka. Asuka, again, winning that Elimination Chamber match to earn this opportunity. Um, we both thought the both champ, both Women's Championships was going to change hands. Not here, though. Bianca Belair does retain uh, against Asuka, meaning Bianca Belair has pretty much beaten everybody. Um, so I'm not really sure. So I think that is where I get into my that's probably the second wrong decision we've had in this show. Um, who is Bianca going to beat now? I really don't know. I feel like at this point, if you want to have a non-repetitive match, you have, you know, Sasha Banks return when she's all done with her New Japan contract. Uh, and, and they could honestly reunite that feud. But I don't see that happening anytime soon or at all. I feel like this was... It was a very good wrestling match. You know, it was four to four and a half star match. But I think, it, like you said, another case of picking the wrong winner. You know, you you changed Asuka's entire gimmick to this very cool Kana, Kana character. You made her win the Elimination Chamber in dominant fashion. And then you have her lose. You know, you have her lose on the grandest stage of them all. It's, and I love, uh, um, sorry, I love Bianca. I, I love her as a champion. I, I think she's phenomenal. But I feel like she's good enough where she doesn't need, like Becky Lynch, she does not need a title to be relevant. I feel like this was the time to switch the titles. She's already had a title for almost a year now. It's impressive enough to to win the title at one year's Mania and then defend it at the next one. I feel like it was time to to change the whole women's division on both brands, not just SmackDown. 
And I think they they you know they bit the dust on that one and I feel like it it would have been a lot better if Oscar won. Yeah, it does feel like this one they dropped the ball. Um it feels like they had the real chance to again completely shape shape up the women's division that desperately needs change um both ways, singles, tag, they need new things. Um and I think this was the way to do it. I think having Oscar win, having Rhea win, I think that was the way to do it. Um, again, Rhea did win, but Oscar, I feel like she was the right one to dethrone Bianca because now it just comes to who who is Bianca like? Who's she gonna face? Again, we're gonna talk about Bianca Belair and Raw. Um, but again, it's just who who's next because she's beaten everybody. So it feels like all of her worthy opponents, she's beaten them. Yep. Anyone anyone who can really think of them, the current roster. Yeah. So I, I don't know. But we're going to keep going here. Uh, we had another Miz and Snoop segment. This was for the second time again, night two. Uh, another surprise match. Um, and no, it was not Randy Orton. It wasn't Riddle. It wasn't NXT guy. It wasn't Jay White. It was Shane McMahon. Uh, when Shane McMahon, when I heard that music, I was like, why? And a lot of people uh, in, on social media were like, why? Um, it just made no, no sense. Um, Shane came down to the ring. They had a little impromptu match, and it lasted about 10 seconds, and then Shane tore his quad. Um, and that was the end of that, um, which led to really an impressive job by Snoop. Um, so, again, I know most of you probably seen the clip of the cameraman going up to Snoop and saying, punch Miz, punch Miz. And then you could hear the referee, I think her name's Jessica or maybe Sarah, um, saying people's elbow, people's elbow. So they did a good job improvising that uh, for Snoop Dogg to take out the Miz. Um, and then apparently it was a match between Snoop and the Miz. We had a three three count and Snoop won. Um, so not really sure. The whole thing was improvised, but a really good job on Snoop. But a really bad return um, when they had another chance to give us a surprise. Yeah, that that whole segment was really bad. And I, it, don't get me wrong, I'm I'm actually not upset that Shane returned. I was actually very very like psyched for it. I like Shane, and I thought he could have put on a good little match with the Miz there. It was bad because all shit broke loose. You know, he he literally tore his quad just just like his father did years back, and um, that just made the segment come improvised. And you, you know, when you have improvised segments, especially with a celebrity, it, it's not. I mean, it, it was good for what it was, but you know, it, not WrestleMania worthy. And it just stinks that it turned out that way. And I, I was very very upset because I felt like you could have had a good little intermission with Shane McMahon, and he looked for the moves that he did get to do. He looked pretty good. It's just. You know, he just got injured and shit like that happens sometimes. And 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 props to Snoop Dogg for um, providing us with with a little entertainment before switching to our next match. But you know, it just it stinks that it ended up that way. But definitely, uh, definitely could have been, you know, a Randy Orton, a Matt Riddle, like someone who, you know, who's been on television over the past couple of years and and who everyone really loves, but. You know, Shane McMahon, you, you got to like what you get. And we got Shane. And, uh, no issues. Just all shit went loose. Yeah, it, it was an unfortunate end to what I thought was going to be. Again, I wasn't really excited to see Shane. But just to see him in the ring, it was unfortunate to see him get injured. Uh, a lot of props to Snoop for what he did. But thankfully, we are done with the Miz and Snoop segments for WrestleMania. Uh, heading into our next match was the Hell in a Cell match between Edge um, and the Demon Finn Balor. Uh, Edge came out as Brood, uh, which was fantastic. We all kind of had that speculation that would happen. Um, fantastic. And then 
a great entrance by Finn as the demon. Again, this match took a little bit of a weird turn uh, when Finn took a ladder kind of directly off his head, uh, cutting him open. Uh, so while Edge was kind of stalling by grabbing more weapons, Finn's actually getting staples in his head uh, to be cleaned up a little bit. Um, so it comes to the point of saying maybe this match could have gone longer if not for the Finn Balor injury. Because, again, we were also talking about time. And, again, around here we were at, like, two and a half hours. Yeah. So it felt like it was either being cut short. Again, like, Shane got cut short. Finn got cut short. Or another return was coming. Again, it looked like Snoop Dogg, uh, Shane McMahon, and that segment was cut short. And, of course, the Finn match was cut short. Edge uh, does pick up the victory on the Demon Finn Balor. But, again, feels like the wrong decision was made. 100%. I mean, considering there was a moderate injury in this match, I thought it was a good match. At the end, I felt like, you know, I, I didn't feel 100% satisfied with this match. And I thought the wrestling was great. I thought the spots were great. It's just I feel like there could have been more to this match, you know. And I feel like there was supposed to be more for this match. I feel like if Finn did not get injured, this would have been a five-star match. But, unfortunately, he did, which had a, which probably cut the match short. And and I, I, I'm almost 100% sure that that's the case because – you know, it's WrestleMania, and, and these two guys could put on a hell of a show for, for 30 to 40 minutes. But, you know, unfortunately, we did have the injury, and I, I thought it was good. I thought it was a little weird to see the Demon's entrance in, like, complete daytime. It was very, very odd. Because I feel like he's more meant to enter in a dark stage, but that's just, like, a personal opinion of mine. But I love I love both entrances. I love the looks of, of both guys. The match for what it was, considering an injury, was good. It was I, I would say it's almost great. But I feel like we could have gotten more, and, and that's the result of injury. And, and considering we just had an injury in the last segment, it, it kind of, like, insulted injury. So it was, it was kind of a weird feeling. But um, like you said, wrong winner. As much as I, And maybe this is another case of this could be Edge's last WrestleMania, and he wanted to end it on a win because it very well could be. Because I think his he's leaving in August. So, however, how you cannot have the demon – walk into WrestleMania and lose. You just can't. He's this is supposed to be an elevated character of Finn Balor, who doesn't really lose. But he he lost and it kind of demeans his character a little bit. And especially if you were to have Finn Balor win, Roman could say, I'm like one of the only people to beat you. Because Roman was the last person to beat the demon. And I feel like it would it would do two things. Give Finn Balor a win and elevate Roman even more. But no, he ate a loss and I think it was the wrong decision. As much as I love Edge and you know I love Edge. I feel like the demon needed this win, especially because you know that's judgment. They lost two to one. Rio won hers, but Dom and Finn lost. So it's kind of one could say it was unsuccessful for Judgment Day for WrestleMania. Yeah, and again, they spent so much time building up Judgment Day. It almost felt like they were bound to go three and zero. Again, I understand Rey Mysterio beating Dom, but again, Rhea had to win, and it just felt like Finn Balor had to win. I mean, how many times are we going to see Finn Balor lose to Edge? We've seen it so many times. He eliminated him in the Royal Rumble. They had they lost the mixed tag match at the Elimination Chamber. Like we, and now he lost this. So, and again, I'm not. I hope this is done. Um, this is once and for all. We're done. Finn Balor is good enough to have a real feud with somebody else wherever we get to. Um, but yeah, bringing out the Demon and having him lose just is really questionable for me. Hundred uh, percent. It's just still. It still really bothers me till till this very day that he that he did not win. Yeah. All right, well, it was coming, uh, and here we are. Uh, the Arguably one of the biggest WrestleMania main events uh, I could remember. Again, last year we had Brock Lesnar versus Roman Reigns, winner take all. 
Um, but I think the storyline that we were building here, um, I think this makes it one of the biggest main events I think I've ever seen. Um, the American Nightmare, Cody Rhodes, the winner of the 2023 Royal Rumble, faced off against the Tribal Chief, Roman Reigns, for the undisputed WWE Championship. And he lost. I don't know how. I don't know why. But Cody lost. Yeah, I, I got a lot to say about this. Um, the match itself was great. Uh, people were, were very upset at how it ended, you know, Solo getting involved. But I feel like that saves Cody's character a bit, considering if he, if he did have to lose, I'd rather him lose dirty than clean because it, you spend all that time building up Cody. For him to lose clean to Roman Reigns would be like he doesn't deserve another shot. But obviously now you can argue that he, he deserves another shot at the title, you know, whether that be at SummerSlam, next year's WrestleMania, whatever. We all know he's going to be a champion. It's just, it's 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 when, not if. But, um, you know, this match was a very good match. Obviously, the ref bump, that always happens. We're used to it. I'm fine with it. I really don't care. But it was a very, very good match. Roman's obviously amazing. Cody's amazing. Very good near falls. Very good, you know, kickouts at 2.999. And I thought it was a very, very, very serviceable main event. It could arguably be, in terms of wrestling, one of the uh, top 10 main event in WrestleMania history. But, you know, like you said, Cody lost. And, and you spent all that time building him back up, you know, from from the pec injury, from last year's WrestleMania, from the 10 billion jillion video packages that we got. Um he lost and it just, it, it hurts to see. It really does. Um, it, I, I felt it with, with Drew McIntyre. I felt it with Sami Zayn, even Kevin Owens. And now I feel it with Cody Rhodes. And I, I just don't know how to feel, man. I, I really don't know how to feel. What about, what are you feeling right now? It, again, when I first watched it, I was so upset. It just, like, I saw Solo get involved. I saw the spike and I was just like, my hands were just like stuck. They were stuck on my cheeks. I was just like, is this actually going to happen? And he lost. And it was just like, you're right. I just don't get it. They they built the story up. It was picture perfect to end here. And again, you bring up great points. They did it with Drew McIntyre. They had a shot. They didn't pull the trigger. They had a shot with Sami Zayn. They didn't pull the trigger. Again, Sami Zayn worked out. I'll give you that. It worked out. But Cody Rhodes, you had a shot. Nothing will ever be as big as Cody Rhodes winning at WrestleMania. Again, you're right. He's going to be champion one way or another. I think he will dethrone Roman Reigns. I don't know how we get there, but I think we will. But it won't be as big as if Cody Rhodes won on WrestleMania night two. So I think as I've had time to digest it, I understand Again, we're going to go right into Raw here, and the story is going to continue. Um, so I guess it's just continuously building up a story. Um, and, you know, maybe maybe that's what he needed. Maybe he needed to be knocked down for the first time to get back up and make it all that more amazing. Um, again, but you're right. He's going to be champion. It's just, again, it just feels like they had the chance to really pull the trigger, really shock the entire complexity of the WWE and they didn't do it. Yeah, and I think we all have the right to be upset in the short term. But I think as wrestling fans, we need to just sit and let it play out. And and if it takes a year, it takes a year. But I think this is a story that's not ended. I feel like it's going to be, come full circle. Um, 
but obviously, like like you said, you, your your cheeks were whatever you said about your your face after the match. But I was pacing around the room like screaming, like the same way I was with Drew McIntyre. I was so mad at the time. But when I got to just sit down and think, it's like I felt the same exact way when Edge won the Royal Rumble and he lost in the triple threat match at WrestleMania 37. I was 100% sure that Edge was going to win because, you know, he's old. This is last stint. But Roman won, and I was so disappointed. But then fast forward to now, like, look look what Roman has completed. He's a, a historic championship reign. He's this close to 1,000 days. So I kind of understand why they did it. Like, I'm not going to say this is 100% the wrong winner. I'm going to say it's 50%, like, it's half the wrong winner. Because, I, again, I, I don't think Cody should have lost, but I understand why they didn't pull the trigger. I just feel like it, it – I don't know. I feel like, like you said, it'll never be bigger than this. Just like Sammy winning a world championship will never be bigger than it was in Montreal. And I just I, – I feel like something good is going to come out of this because I feel like they have more plans for Cody and Roman – respectively but I don't know in the in the short term I'm still a little upset but I'm starting to understand why they did it and I'm still start I still love Roman with the championships and I I'm, and that being said I, I don't know if any of us were all ready for him to you know to get the titles off him and, and and for the bloodline to just end I don't know if any any of that was ready if we we're ready for that because we could say we were but at the same time we've seen these guys on television for the past two years now you know what I mean so I feel like more time with the bloodline, more time with Roman is not necess- necessarily a bad thing. But at the same time, if you have Roman lose the titles, you could have done such a good story, non-title storyline to add on top of all the other championships going on. Yeah, again, it it's really, it was unfortunate in the moment. Again, I've kind of took it in my time and digested it. Um, but yeah, it just felt like that the wrong winner was made. Uh, Cody Rhodes should have finished the story uh, at WrestleMania night two. Um, but yeah, Roman Reigns is going to hit a thousand days as Universal Champion again, not WWE Champion, Universal Champion, uh, which is going to be historic in its own right. Um, and then, yeah, I think he's going to get to that point where, you know, he, he is going to lose it. Uh, so that pretty much wraps up WrestleMania. Uh, so that, that was about it. Uh, again, we're going to run through Raw and SmackDown just real quick. I think I'm just going to name the main things that happen and we can real kind of quick, talk about real quick, just because we did it with night one what, what would you rate night two out of five stars it sucks because this was the match everybody wanted to watch yeah but i'm gonna go with like three and a half yeah it's fair i, I was gonna go three seven five because the wrestling itself was really good for the most part it's just this was the night of wrong winners you know what i mean this is if you had if you had you know like roman win or cody win if you had finn win if you had omos win and if you had if the women's showcase was a little better this would have been a five-star night but it, it just wasn't unfortunately and, and injuries too so i feel like um night one was definitely the better night but unfortunately three three seven five is my my rating for this yeah again I, the wrong winners and again i I was really kind of turned off by the women's showcase match. It just really wasn't very interesting to me. It wasn't very fun to watch. Yep. Um, again, not a big fan of Shane O'Max. I didn't really want to see him return. Um, and then how it ended. Cody Rhodes not finishing the story. Yep. Uh, kind of went about that. But now we're going to head into Raw April 3rd. Um, so, again, like I said, we're just kinda, I'm kind of going to run through yeah, what sure. happened. 
and then you can kind of pick up with an analysis on what we saw. So from top to bottom, we saw Brock Lesnar answer the call uh, to be Cody's mystery tag team partner against Roman Reigns and Solo Sokoa. Uh, Omas defeated Elias in about 45 seconds. Austin Theory defeated Rey Mysterio, um, but we saw Dom, Damian Priest, and then Bad Bunny get involved. Damian Priest put Bad Bunny through a table, uh, almost setting up a tag team match for Backlash. Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn defeated the Street Profits in a non-title match. Um, a very weird Seth Rollins segment. He just came out, they sang his song, and then he walked back. Videos circulated of Rollins being told changes to his song, uh, changes to his segment. Bobby Lashley defeated Mustafa Ali in about 46 seconds. Mm -hmm. uh, there was a Rhea Ripley and Bianca Belair segment, uh, which had them both kind of stare at each other as they both had their championships, uh, maybe setting up a SummerSlam match. But again, you brought up unifying the title. We'll talk about that. Uh, Liv Morgan and Raquel Rodriguez defeated Damage Control with the winner getting a title shot tonight on Raw, which was weird because Liv Morgan and Raquel Rodriguez did not win the showcase match, but now they have the first title shot. Uh, the Miz came back out. Uh, he said no more surprises to a surprise. Matt Riddle returned. Um, and then we had, before the tag team match, Brock Lesnar turned on Cody, uh, taking him out with about 10 minutes, just beating the crap out of him, similar to what happened to John Cena back in, I think, 2012. Um, so I believe that will set up a backlash match between the two of them. Very quickly, analysis on what we saw here on Raw, main points that you want to talk about. Yeah, so for a Raw after WrestleMania, it was a little underwhelming. But if you look at it, if you forget that WrestleMania was just the night before, it was a, it, I thought it was a pretty fine episode. Um, the, like the, I'll, I'll just note, note the good things. I thought Brock Lesnar answering the call for Cody's tag team partner, I thought I was very hyped. And then, as we saw, he turned on Cody. I I thought it was fine. Like I don't really I don't really hate as much as everyone else is doing online right now. I thought it was a. I think that could be a very good feud. I, I it's it's new. It's unique. I feel like that could be a very very good couple months of Cody and Brock going back and forth. You know, slaying Cody slaying the beast. Um, not really upset about that at all. I I knew it was too good to be true for Roman to wrestle on a on a Monday night, but. Other good things, Austin Theory versus Ray was a very, very fun match. I thought it was a good run to WrestleMania match to make. Um, obviously, Dom, Damian, Bad Bunny got involved. This, this is going to set up Dom and Damian Priest versus Bad Bunny and Rey Mysterio, which I am all for. Kevin Owens, Sami Zayn versus Street Profits. Obviously, those guys can put on five-star matches all day long. It was a good match. I, I, just, I think I expected you know something different, like maybe an NXT call-up or, or um, a newer tag team. But I'm not shocked that the Street Profits answered the call because they won the, the showcase tournament. Um, in terms of the women's match, doesn't make it was a good match. It was a fine match. Obviously, I love Liv and Raquel, but it doesn't make sense that that a few of the Street Profits winning their showcase match. Why isn't Why isn't Ronda and uh, Ronda and Chana challenging for the tag team title? So I thought that was a little weird. Matt, I love Matt Riddle. I've been waiting for him to return ever since. So that was a good segment. I like how it was a third surprise, Miz has gotten in the past three days. So I thought that was cool. Um, Lashley squashed Mustafa, not the first time, you know, it is what it is. Omos squashed Elias. Like you said, he takes, a, Omos takes a loss and then squashes some goobers, which is Elias is essentially a goober, and I'm sorry. The Seth Rollins segment, I heard rumors that Pretty Deadly was supposed to show up, and, uh, and if Vince is involved, then I guess he scrapped all that. Um, 
And then, yeah, I basically just, that's my thoughts on everything that happened. I think it was a very, there's shades of Vince McMahon in this episode. And I hope it's not true because he is not good for business. And, and what we've been enjoying since Triple H took over at SummerSlam, it, 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 it's been a great, great three to four months, five months. I just think Vince has to get out of there and he needs to, he needs to just be happy with all his money and just go off to an island or whatever because he's not good for business. Yeah, for a Raw after WrestleMania, it felt very, very lackluster. Um, which was super disappointing. Again, only one surprise. Again, there were rumors on Pretty Deadly coming back, uh, coming back, being called up, um, but again, not to be. So yeah, that was kind of what Raw was. Um, like I said, just a very lackluster Raw after Mania. Something we haven't really been used to. Um, we were hoping that we'd see something better on SmackDown. Um, not really. Uh, to start off, we had a match between the Brawling Brutes and Imperium, the Brawling Brutes picking up that victory. Side note, really incredible that Sheamus and Gunther just kind of turned around and went right back at it in a, a week. Uh, really, really impressive stuff by them. Uh, Ricochet defeated Ivar. Ricochet needs a solo push. Bad. He's good enough to win uh, titles. Raquel and Liv, uh, again, defeated Natalia and Shotzi to build them up. For their tag team title match tonight on Monday Night Raw. Damian Priest and Dominic Mysterio defeated Santos Escobar and Rey Mysterio. Um, and then finally, Jay Uso defeated Sami Zayn. Uh, Solo Sokoa got involved. Remember, he took out Kevin Owens uh, backstage. Um, yep. And then he came out. He got involved. Uh, they beat the hell out of Sami Zayn for a while. And then actually Matt Riddle answered the call. Pretty weird. So again, maybe we're going to see Kevin Owens, Sami Zayn, and Matt Riddle against the Usos and Solo Sokoa at Backlash. Um, so no titles being switched here. No real returns. Um, quick thoughts here on SmackDown. Yeah, I love how the bloodline, you know, with other with other wrestlers and and, and people, usually you hate to see repetitiveness and, and you know, kind of like Finn and Edge. But I feel like it's always good to see the bloodline keep coming back at it. They're ruthless. They, they want what they think is there. So I think it's a it's a good touch to have the bloodline still feuding with um, Ko and uh, Sammy. And I thought the uh, episode as a whole was it was it was it was good. It was a good episode of SmackDown. You know, Brawling Brutes Imperium. That's good wrestling right there. I could I could see them fight just like I could see you know Ilya dragging off and JD McDonough fight all day long. Ricochet versus Ivar. I love both of them. Ivar is a great big man to have in the company. And Ricochet, obviously, he's deserved a singles push since he's been brought up to the main roster. He's fantastic. Is NXT legend. And very, very happy to see him getting a solo match rather than continuous tag team matches. Raquel and Liv, obviously, I love them as a tag team. Natalia, they defeated now Natalia Chatsy, you know. I, I think I went to the bathroom during that match, unfortunately. Um, Priest and Dom defeated Escobar and Ray. I don't know if I would have booked it for them to win, considering Ray just had a big win at WrestleMania, but it kind of starts a, a feud between them. You know, you had the Latino World Order now. I love that whole faction. I love Santos Escobar. I love Legado del Fantasma. So uh, that was a great match. Dom, obviously, like I've said, has impressed me in the ring recently. And then Priest, is obviously, is Damian Priest. He's, he always gets the job done. And then lastly, Jey Uso defeats Sami Zayn. I think it's a I I'm not mad they booked it this way because now that you have Jay defeating Sammy, you could have an argument for a rematch. And obviously, if 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 there's good wrestling, I don't care if there's a rematch or not. 
So uh, I'm happy the way it descended. I'm glad they they beat Sammy down at the end because that led away for Matt Riddle to come in. And I love Matt Riddle. I'm glad he returned. And now that puts that 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 puts him right back into you know the mid card to main event picture um, ahead of Backlash. So I'm very happy about this episode. I thought it was a fun watch. SmackDown usually always gets the job done. And I feel like this was a very serviceable episode. Yeah, uh, definitely a very serviceable episode. And again, one thing we did not touch on in Raw and SmackDown was Triple H came out. Uh, in Raw, uh, we were hoping that maybe Triple H would say something about um, kind of the future of the WWE, which he sort of did uh, maybe announce a return, um, which he did not. Uh, on Raw, he mostly talked about how much revenue WrestleMania uh, drew in. Um, and SmackDown, he brought up that the WWE draft uh, will be in the next couple of weeks where every superstar in the WWE will be eligible to be drafted, which I think is super cool. Um, and then I think the last thing we want to talk about is the future of the WWE. Um, so again, a lot of speculation that Vince McMahon is back kind of running creative, which you feel like you could see on Raw and SmackDown. Um, so I guess we want to just talk about the future of the WWE. Uh, if Vince McMahon is true and he's coming back uh, running what he's doing here. I think if, if Vince is running it, one, he needs to get fired. Because technically, if I'm not wrong, can Endeavor, Endeavor owns 51% of the shares in WWE, so they own the majority. So they, I think... Th- I think they could throw out Vince if they wanted to. But um, I feel like Vince, just if he's controlling it, he needs to go. Because if not, he's going to bring WWE back to what it was just a couple of years ago. Or even just like a year ago, honestly. But that's not to say that Vince isn't responsible for everything we've gotten today. Obviously, we all love Vince. But his time is his past. He can't, he can't create stories anymore. He can't create good wrestling. And that's just how it is. That, and everyone really realizes that. So I think it's Triple H's time to lead the company. He's proven why he should. He's he's create he's done the impossible. For example, he, he's made Elimination Chamber a premium pay-per-view that was almost a five-star show. He made SummerSlam amazing. He's made Extreme Rules amazing again. He's he made one of the first shows in London in, in years and years and years a phenomenal show. He's done the work and he's proven why he deserves to run this business. And I feel like the only way that WWE progresses and, and becomes and still you know, Reigns as the number one company, which it always will, but you know what I'm trying to say, is if Triple H runs the company. Yeah. Um, again, it, it's going to be what it is. Um, we're really hoping that Vince McMahon doesn't have his hands all, all over WWE right now. Um, we're going to hope that he, I mean, gets fired maybe, or just kind of realizes, hey, I'm not good for this. Let's just take, let me take a step back. Triple H has done a great job. Again, they drove in $22 million in dollars in merchandising. I mean, that's insane to do. Um, so Triple H knows how to make money for the company, which is exactly what Vince McMahon cares about. Vince McMahon cares about the money. Um, so he's going to get a lot of money out of this. Uh, the deal with Endeavor, he's going to make a lot of money out of that. Um, so it's just, I think he's just got to hopefully take a step back and hopefully we start seeing changes again tonight in Raw could be a good example. We see some changes in SmackDown, the draft brings changes and hopefully we start to see that Triple H has the creative handle, uh, because when Triple H has, like you said, he's made these premium live events and even these weekly shows truly unmissable. Like you cannot miss these shows. Yeah, very well said. And I'm just, I'm praying that. You know that 
we still we still get to come on every week and talk about these shows in a good way, and we're not just passing these shows because Vince is ruining it. So I'm I'm praying that WWE becomes or continues to be what it was since since SummerSlam. Honestly, I just I I hope everything ends up well, and um I'm sure in the end that we will get what we want, but we just have to wait and see at this point. Yeah, we're definitely going to wait and see. Um, but speaking of that, we have pretty much flown. Um, it's been a hefty episode. Um, so a lot to unpack here. Um, I think we're just going to put this all together just in one pretty long episode. So if you've really stayed with us to the end of this, we really appreciate that. Uh, make sure to follow the podcast and download the episode if you did in fact enjoy um we do have a twitter broken table wrestling podcast we will be coming back with live updates on all of the shows uh tonight alec will be in control of the twitter for monday night raw uh, we do have an instagram as well broken table instagram so follow both of those um and interact with us as much as you truly please um as for myself and alec i think that'll just about wrap up uh, this episode of the Broken Table Wrestling Podcast. We appreciate you all for listening and have, have a good rest of your night.